When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Hey, hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Hey, you already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. You should know the job ain't done. So we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 466 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here on September 12th, 2023. Also got Jim Russell here with me from John and Jim, San Diego Sports 760 and the wrap-up show. They've also got their new YouTube channel for John and Jim, so you can go subscribe there. I will put the link in the description for that. Uh, Padres are back, Jim, huh? What did their uh, playoff percentage get raised to after last night's win? Point yeah. one five or point one? What, what about the World Series odds? Those, no, those, shoot the, up, huh? those things are still at zero, by the way, yeah, which doesn't make yeah. any sense because if your playoff odds are still technically alive, you would technically have to have World Series odds as well. Maybe it's so low that they can't even just get to the decimal. Like they just have to put 0.0 because it's like 0.0000001. Yeah. So they can't exactly. fit it on the screen. They actually have to put 0.0. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this season, it doesn't make sense. Just like those fan graphs things there, like this season. Hasn't made sense in some ways, some ways you lay it out. And that's what I want to do starting this off here. Like if I would have told you, we'll, we'll play that game a little bit here. In spring training, if I would have told you X, would you have believed me? What? Where do you think this Padres team would have been? If I would have told you 
in spring training that Blake Snell would be a Cy Young favorite in September, but but the Padres would be under 500. Would you have believed me on that? No, I wouldn't. I, I would have believed the Blake Snell Cy Young part because Blake Snell and historically players going into a contract year have better years. Um, they always perform. Um, I mean, case in point, look back to Eric Hosmer's, I think it was 2017 or 2018. He had a great season parlaying him to $144 million contract. There's a million, there's a million other examples of players going into their contract years and having amazing years. Carlos Rodon last year for the giants parlayed it into a $160 million contract. Now he sucks with the Yankees, but I would have not been surprised at all. If you told me Blake Snell was vying for a Cy Young, uh, this year back in spring training because it it just would have matched up perfectly and not have been like, yeah, that's typical. Um, but I would not have been, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. If you told me that Blake Snell is a, a Cy Young candidate and this team like is literally in the gutter. Yeah. And the, yeah, the Cy Young part definitely would have agreed with because he's done it before. Like we, we saw it with the Tampa Bay Rays and we've seen good moments with Blake in a Padres uniform. It just hadn't been as good as this consistently. And so I, I'm, I am repressed from what I've seen from Blake, but I just don't see it continuously happening after he gets a contract. It's not like he would stop working. I just don't believe that he consistently is this guy year in, year out. If I would have told you that Soto and Hader would have been all-stars, mm-hmm. Hader would have a sub, like, 1-3 ERA, mm-hmm. and the Padres would be under 500, though, would you have believed me in spring training? No, <laughs> I, there you go. Yeah, it's just it's this is what's going to happen. I'm just going to keep saying if I would have told you, it's just there's a bunch of stats that it's like, yeah. wow, no, right. they'd be in a good spot, but they're not. Right. And you'll you'll probably ask about Hassan Kim and his mm-hmm. great season so far. Um, But then it's like, well, what if I told you Manny did this? And what if I told you Xander Bogarts didn't have 50 RBIs on se- on September 12th? What if I told you that Fernando Tatis Jr. had a well under 800 OPS and he barely had, he had 22 home runs on the season. You did tell, you know, Joe Musgrove, he's hurt. Like you Darvish has a four seven ERA. There's like, there's a lot of yin and yangs here. Like, yes, there's a lot of things on this team where you're like, that literally does not make sense. And then there's also a lot of things on this team that do make sense why they are where they are. It's just kind of how things work. Like, but it's it, the, the things that stand out, they're they're more eye popping because it's like, wait, how is this team where they're at? And then on the flip side, you give me the Mannies and the Bogarts and the Tatis and the Darvish and the like. Then I'm like a Cronenworth. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it now. I get where that where they are where they are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another one. I know you love this one. If I would have told you the Padres would have a plus sixty one run differential on September tenth, but they would have been under five hundred, would you have believed me there in spring training? Next question. The run differential thing. Oh my gosh. I can't stand that. Because there's still people that will bring that up. And it's like, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It does. You could say it matters for other teams. We could go down the standings here. I have it right here where you got like Pittsburgh Pirates minus 94. Yeah, they're not in a playoff spot. Washington Nationals minus 125, not in a playoff spot. Cubs plus 99 in a playoff spot. But if you've watched this Padres team day in, day out, you will know why it doesn't matter, why this run differential thing is so annoying to continue to hear. Name me one previous World Series team that the first thing that pops your head was the run differential. Yeah, for sure. It, I, mean, I mean, yeah, it, it, 
it's a usually an indicator of how good you are because if you win a bunch of games your run differential is supposed to be really good right that's just how it works um and this is an anomaly as far as the run differentials go like the Padres are going to have a really good run differential at the end of the year and they're going to be well under 500 it doesn't make sense it won't make sense and it's a number that um frankly the Padres have broken through the mold of of having it like matter like, you know, it just, it doesn't matter this year. It, I, I don't care about it. Um, nobody should care about it. The only thing that you should care about is that this team sucks. And the fact that people want to potentially look at run differential at the end of the year and parlay it to a like expected win loss total and, and tell everybody, well, you know, this team should have won 87 games. This team should have won 88 games. Like, give me a break. They didn't. Let's live in reality one time. This team is not good. I do not care about a run differential stat that apparently didn't help the Padres out this year. So why should we care about it? Yeah, the stat that we should care about, Tom Verducci put this in his Sports Illustrated article yesterday. Worst yeah. hitting teams late and close in those late and close situations since 1969 when the Padres obviously started as that major league franchise. The Padres are tied for second worst ever. Also tied is the 2019 Padres. The 2023 Padres and the 2019 Padres, both at 194. Like that just tells it right there. That's what we should be paying attention to, not, you know, run differential or expected win loss or whatever like that. Because that stat, yeah, that is the reality. That's, you want to bring up one stat here, why the Padres are where they're at. I think you can point to that one right there. I mean, not that, not the extra inning game thing or whatever, but just the late and close right there. Yeah. It took him till September 12th to come up with a clutch hit late in the game. I mean, that's all you need to know. And, of course, they do it when nothing's on the line, when the game doesn't matter. Um, it kind of is indicative of, of who, this, who this team is this year and who these players are on this specific team that um, when the going gets tough, that they completely crumble. And when there's no pressure on to do anything, they show a little fight. Um, so, yeah, that 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 is... And we watch the games. You watch every game. I watch every game, mostly. And uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you just, know, you know, you, you just you see it. You, you you see it when you watch these games. When this team goes down, they have no fight in them. They have no. I, I mean, any time in the game, there's a clutch moment up, up that they don't come through. Um. So yeah, that is the that is a huge reason why they are where they are this year. Um, because literally everybody on this team lacks any type of clutch when it actually matters for this yeah. season. Yeah, for this season, yeah. And here's one more, because again, I'm, I'm just keep doing this if I would have told you, because just to hammer in the point, like how big of a waste this Padres season has been. I haven't even gotten, well, I've gotten to Snow and Hater, but the fact that they have wasted them in another way by not trading those guys before the deadline when that was the clear thing to do, I'm so glad the Padres kept Josh Hader. I mean, that guy, it must be great to have his job, right? Just sit in the bullpen for yeah. one every day of the week except like one. The dude pitched yeah. one time last night, so what, four, over 40 pitches. He He's probably not going to get used. For, yeah. The last time he pitched before last night was September 3rd, and he's mm -hmm. getting paid millions of dollars. He's going to get another $100 million in free agency. Like, I'd love to be that guy. Uh, if I would have told you Hassan Kim would have a six war, almost 20 home runs, 
over 30 stolen bases, but the Padres would have been under 500. Uh, if I would have told you that in spring training, would you have believed me there? Well, I would have said, all right, everyone got hurt. Like literally yeah, everybody yeah. got hurt and Hassan Kim had a great season. Hopefully that parlays into another good year next year for him. Um, I'm not on the the train of like, oh, they wasted a Hassan Kim year. Like I'm on the, okay, Hassan took that next step that you wanted to see. And usually like, uh, you know, the progression, like third year, it's the, the step that you, you should take. Right. Um, and I look at that as excitement going into next season because he took that step. And then you just got to hope that he continues to take those, those steps necessary and continues to improve on what he did this year. And from everything that you've seen from Hassan Kim, he's improved every single year in the big leagues from his rookie year where he couldn't hit a fastball if his life depended on it to this year where he could turn around a 97 mile hour fastball and hit a 400 feet. So for him, I'm not on the, Oh, they wasted a Hassan Kim great year, a six war season. I am like, okay, that's exciting for the future. If you're a Padres fan to see Hassan Kim take that next step and actually, you know, develop, right. The, yeah. the, the, the whole thing in this franchise is they can't develop anybody. Well, I mean, Hassan Kim, whether it be the Padres doing it or just him, you know, being a really good player, he has developed now into, I mean, frankly, an all-star player. Uh, I know he didn't make it this year, but he's turned into uh, one of the most uh, invaluable pieces in the big leagues. I, I guarantee you if he was on the open market, you know, he would he would get every single team out there wanting him. Um, we've had... Dan Zaborski, who runs Fangraphs and, and runs all these numbers for for players' contracts on, on John and Jim, and he said right now Hassan Kim's a hundred and fifty million dollar player if he was on the open market. Like that's how good he has turned himself into. So I'm excited about the future for Hassan Kim. Unfortunately, we might be only seeing it for one more year because they that, chose that's what the sucks. they yeah. chose the wrong guy to give the extension to. Yeah, and I just wish that the Hassan Kim contract it would have been like six years instead of him coming over and it was four years for 28 because well, like just have a rookie, rookie six year contract uh, like every other guy that gets, you know, drafted and brought up, but that's obviously just not how the rules, you know, are. And the Padres were comfortable with four years and how Sun Kim was like, yeah, I'll take that. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this, like the four, I don't have a problem with the four years at all because you had no idea what Hassan Kim was going to be in the big leagues. And after his first year, you were thinking it's going to like, imagine after his first year in the pot and you had a six year deal for Hassan Kim, be like, Oh my yeah. God. Now you could say the opposite after this year, be like, Oh great. That uh, six year deal. But I, I just, no way in hell am I giving, I mean, frankly at the time, a extremely unproven player that played in Korea, um, a six year contract. I think a four year deal was right. At the time, you could argue maybe a little too much money, but as of right now, it all looks good. Um, and you just hope that they can figure out a way to keep him long-term because, uh, frankly, if you're talking about uh, pieces that are important to this franchise and, and especially this team, Hassan Kim is close to the top of the list for me. Yeah, okay, but what's what's finding a way to, to keeping Hassan Kim long-term just because of the positions that are taken up already, the contracts given out, like, how are they going to keep him? You're going to have to give him a good amount of money uh, if he continues playing well next year. And are you going to have a position for him? Like, no one's taking Jake Cronenworth. No one's taking Xander Bogarts. Are, are they going to move Jake Cronenworth into the outfield and have him be like Chris Taylor or something? Like, how are they going to keep Hassan Kim? I just don't see how that's going to happen. 
I don't know, Ben. I'm not AJ Preller. All right. Uh, it, find a way. Like they, they put, they got, they, they clearly have money. Um, I, I, I think going forward, they're lucky that they have a year left to figure that out. Um, but it would be very disappointing if, you know, next year passes and they don't find a way to keep Hassan Kim. Um, if he has a good year next year, which the projection of his career so far, he gets better and better every year. So I, I don't know what, what they're going to do. They're, they're, they're definitely hamstrung because of the decisions that they have made. Um, and at the time of the decisions that were made, I think everyone was on board with them. It's just, there's always that caveat in the back of the mind, like, okay, well it better work. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, yeah. like, hey, I like this move. I like Xander Bogarts. I like when they signed Manny because um, you didn't have another option. I, I liked when they did, like, I liked when they had, uh, they signed uh, you Darvish to that six-year deal at the time. Same right? thing with Crony. I remember Cron- you liking Cronworth, it at the same time, yeah. You you like it, right? Like, hey, $80 million for an, all, like an all-star player. Like, okay, cool. Six years, like, let's do that. But there's always that caveat, and I and I see this a lot of times on social media. Like, you love that move when it happened. Like, yeah, I did. That's a reactionary thing. What am I supposed to do? Be like, well, uh, in like nine months, I'm going to hate it. Like, no. In the moment, it was a good deal because, I mean, what are we supposed to say, right? Now things change, and opinions always change. I don't think people don't understand that part about media or people in general. Like, hey, I can change my opinion on anything. Um, now looking at it like, yeah, those moves are in hindsight, very questionable. And you wish that looking back on it, 
they didn't make those moves at the time. Yeah, great. Now with more information and things that have happened, they look bad and it's not our jobs to project out these players. It's their job and they failed at it. It's not our fault, right? It's not the fans fault. It's not your fault. Not my fault. Maybe it's John's fault, but you know, it's not anybody's fault that these players are not performing. It's the, it's the people in the front office that that's their job to project out and make sure that when you give someone a contract for however long that you get the best out of that player for a certain amount of time. So those contracts are worth it. And when the player fails, then the front office fails and it's on them because that's their job to do that. Yeah. Let's talk about your pal, AJ. Uh, if AJ, let, let's say there's this miraculous thing that happens with Peter Seidler and he decides to part ways. David Stearns, no longer an option. He goes to the New York Mets. Must be nice for them to be able to have David Stearns. Uh, who the heck would the Padres go and get? Because Theo Epstein, I don't see him going out of uh, his comfortable Major League Baseball advisor job or whatever the heck he's doing mm-hmm. to come be the GM of a team that has a bunch of Huge contracts already. Well, here's the thing. I don't have like any names off the top of my head that I think the Padres should go out and get, but I do have like organizations that I would go to mm-hmm. to try to pick somebody out of that organization to bring to the Padres. Because the one thing about AJ Preller that he does not like doing is going outside of the organization and going to competent franchises and picking out high level executives or baseball ops people and bringing them to the Padres. He just does not like doing that. He's very comfortable with what he has. He likes to promote from within. And that's why they are where they are. So if I were AJ, if I was, sorry, if I was Peter Seidler and he actually, I mean, frankly has the guts to, to do what must be done. I would go out to like the Orioles or the Tampa Bay Rays, or even up, you know, with the Dodgers or the Braves, like I'm looking at competent franchises that, have historically in the last decade make made decisions that are smart and that have developed right and are winning and you know use their resources to the best of their of their you know possibility and I'm going there to pick out somebody high up to bring as the new general manager and potentially president of baseball operations for this team um now it, it sucks because that's not going to happen. So the the you know spending all this time talking about it, it is pointless because we know that AJ Preller is coming back. But you know, if there was a turn of the mind by uh, Peter Seidler here, and he and he comes to his senses, I'm going that route. I'm going to one of those franchises, and I, I am getting somebody from there over here. Um, yes, Theo is the the dream. I feel like because wherever he's gone. Uh, those teams always win, but we also have to look at does Theo with Theo want to do this? Would Theo want to go back in the grind uh, every day once again for a team that, frankly, you know, might be viewed as um, not damaged goods, but like too almost too much work to fix because of the damage that Preller has done to this franchise as far as hamstringing it with the contracts that have been given out. Yeah. Um, again, this could be, it probably is pointless to be talking about, but James Click is one that just goes right off the top of my head. He's, I believe, with the Blue Jays now. Uh, obviously, he was let go by the Astros. Not let go, but they didn't give him a contract that he deserved after winning the World Series. So James Click's definitely a guy that I would point to. Um, okay, 
which player and I'm I'm gearing this probably towards Manny Machado because I, I think you're, you're going to go that route. But which player are you most pissed off about this season? It pissed could be, off about it, it could be them, their performance, you know, not meeting expectations. It could be whatever. Who are you most pissed off at this year? I mean, there's a couple. Um, I, I'm very disappointed and pissed off at, at Xander Bogart's year. Um, you know, you hope this isn't the type of player that the Padres signed up for. Like, you know, a 280, 17 home runs, 65 RBI guy, 780 OPS dude. Like, that's who Xander Bogarts is for the next handful of years. Um, major miss. And it's going to be a huge, um, you know, it's going to hamstrung this team for a while. But it starts and ends with Manny Machado. Like like you said, you're leading me, you know, leading the horse to water there. Uh, I, I look at Manny's year as a huge, huge disappointment and step back because coming off of the MVP type of season that he had last year, coming off of the NLCS run that the team had last year to put out this type of performance this season after the contract that you pretty much, you know, handcuffed Peter Seidler to give you. Um, and the things that have been said by Manny, it's a massive disappointment. And I'm also parlaying that into what has happened the five years that he has been here. It's not just this year. It's, tw- it's 2019, it's 2021, and it's 2023. Three of the five years that he's been here as the best player leader of the team have been just like monumental failures, not just a little failure. Like you're getting articles written in sports illustrated by Tom Verducci calling the 2023 Padres an epic failure. That's how bad it's been. And Manny's been a part of three of those teams and he's been the leader on three of those teams. And for whatever you want to say about Manny Machado, he's a great player. He's a borderline hall of famer. He probably will be a hall of famer when it's all said and done for me at the end of the day, if you tell me, Hey, Manny Machado is your best player on your team. He's the leader of your team. Would you take that? I don't think I would after what I've seen the last five years from him before at 2019, I would have been like, sign me up, right? Manny Machado. Are you kidding me? Like, I want that guy. But after what I've seen for the last five years from Manny Machado covering him every single day. Okay watching every interview, every plate appearance, everything that has happened with this franchise, the things that have heard behind the scenes, the things that you've seen, how many you know coaches have been brought in just for Manny Machado. I would not have, and I would not choose Manny Machado to be in the position that he is with this team, which is the leader, the captain, and the highest paid player. Yeah, because I was listening to the wrap-up show last night, and you said something. I don't want to misquote you, so I'm just going to say I think what you said was like as a leader, you don't want Manny to be like that leader in that clubhouse. Is that fair? Is that what you said? Yeah, I I, okay. I, I don't know exactly how I said it, but right. if Manny Machado is the unquestioned leader of your team, probably not going to win a World Series. Okay, that's how yeah. I view it. Okay, yeah, that's how I view it. Um, there's what I would- a there's a reason why that, the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why the Dodgers said, "Yeah, no thanks." After having Manny Machado for a half a season. Well, they were in a different situation. They have guys. They had guys playing those positions. 
you're, you're telling me tell they me didn't they, you're telling me they didn't want Manny Machado. You're also telling me I, that they wouldn't want Manny Machado over Justin Turner. I mean, Justin Turner was a good player. Yeah, he was well, They chose was Justin Turner. They chose Justin Turner already though. That's the They thing. chose Justin Turner over Manny Machado. And it's not like they didn't have the money because they gave the exact type of contract a couple years later to Mookie Betts. Yes. And what I'm saying is what they're going to move Justin Turner to the outfield. Like they had, they had Corey Seager there. They had Justin Turner. What were they going to do? They were going to have Manny go play shortstop again for the next like decade. That just, I just don't think that that was in their plans. They knew that Manny was going to be a short-term thing because they were trying to win a world series that year, fill some type of offensive hole. And they were going to just go with Justin Turner because he was under contract and Corey Seager, he was under contract. And then they find a way later because they had Gavin Lux coming up and he was a prospect, I believe at that point in the system and they believed in him. And then they were just going to go find a way. I think that that was a big part in it. Look, if you have Manny Machado on your team and he's, he's everything that you thought he was, you find a way to put Manny Machado on that team, but they didn't. Um, they chose the other path. They they chose right. They chose Mookie Betts um, a couple of years later, which was the guy that they were going to give that big contract to. Because at the time, the Dodgers I don't think ever gave out a three hundred plus million dollar contract. Right. And Mookie was the first guy they did that to. It's kind of paying off for them. Okay. Is Manny so? Is Manny a good leader? I know John asked that last night. Is Manny a good leader? When things are going absolutely perfect, Manny's a good leader. But that's the thing about sports. It's never always going to be perfect. It is never always going to be sunshine and rainbows. It's never always going to be, I'm having the best year of my career. There's always going to be ups and downs, especially in baseball. The sport that you fail in so much, but still could be a Hall of Famer, right? I think that when the going gets tough and when things are not going the way that he wants them to go personally, I do think that that affects everybody around him. I do think that is something that um, we have seen. Like you just look at his numbers, his 20, 2019 and 2021 and his 2023 seasons for Manny Machado standards. Those are not good years. How did the team do in those years? Right. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not good. So when he had a the, the short 2020 season, when he, you know, I mean, was on pace to hit like around 40 home runs that year. Right. If it was a full season. And then obviously last year when he finished second in MVP voting, how did those seasons go? 2020. It's just, it's a weird, whatever year, but you get my point. Like mm -hmm. when Manny goes, the team goes, when Manny does not play well, the team around him does not play well. Okay. And but you could, you could do that with every, you could do that with Bryce Harper. You could do that with Aaron judge. You can do that with a lot of different guys in baseball. With the my question, with, is Manny a good leader? It's a, it's obviously a question that we can't fully answer because we're not in the clubhouse. We're right. just looking at on the field, in the dugout, whatever. And for me, with Manny, it's hard for me to say he is a great leader because of some of the things you point out. But I think it's fine for him to say that he is a good leader because I look at the things like leading by example. There's some quotes. Where it's like, yeah, probably should not have said that. And I think Joe Musgrove is probably the better leader in terms of the quotes, uh, if that makes sense. And there's different types of leaders, I think, in that clubhouse. And I think that's good. But Manny, 
I think leading by example, him fighting through injuries. Now, is this the best thing for him to fight through it, fight through this and continue to play this season? No, I don't. I think he should be shut down. But leading by example like that and playing through things, finding a way, rehabbing his butt off last year to get back because he knew he needed to be there for his team when other players would be off for three weeks, a month, probably more than that, right? Doing things like that. Now, yes, there's things like you pointed out, the winning, all that. But again, like you could point to a bunch of different players in baseball with that same thing. So yes, there are flaws to Manny, but I'm not going to go as far as you in saying like, that's not the guy that I want leading my clubhouse. If, if there's one leader, okay, I, I could buy that. But we know that there's not just one leader in that clubhouse. We know there's not just one leader in every clubhouse in baseball. There's multiple leaders, and leaders can do different things. Musgrove can do something different than Manny. Crony can do something different than Manny. The other leaders can do something different. It just hasn't worked this year, definitely. And the play is obviously at the forefront. That is the main reason why. That's all we should really care about at the end of the day. But when things aren't going well, we try to find a reason why things aren't going well and all of that. But yeah, I just, I guess I slightly disagree about Manny. Is he a, a good leader or not on that? And, and you're right. I, I, am I in that clubhouse? Like, no. Right. Um, do I hear things? Yeah. Do I see things? Yeah. I, I just hear quotes and I, I see things and, and I, I correlate his play to the team um and I, I just also look at his numbers like you know he had an opportunity to really turn that corner and change the perception of of Manny coming up clutch in a postseason in the NLCS last year and he didn't do it uh, and Bryce Harper you know his counterpart did um you know when he was with the Dodgers he had a horrible World Series uh, I don't think he had a really good postseason either. Um, so I, I'm just looking at Manny Machado is a fantastic Hall of Fame caliber player mm-hmm. that I personally think, you know, I don't know if he's a guy that I would want to be the number one player on my team expecting to win a World Series. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely fair to say. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's also a lot of other players in baseball that you could say that same thing about yeah. that other fan base are having that, that same conversation yeah. about. And I think it's also a timing thing, right? Like some franchises like the Padres, they were looking for that big guy and Manny was a free agent at that time. And they did that. And Seidler, obviously he's a fan and just like, us can get emotional and reactionary at times. And I'm not saying that this Manny extension shouldn't have happened, but I'm just, we know that Seidler stepped in and gave him the extension coming off 2022 when the front office was willing to play it out. And I I wonder what would have happened if this season would have went the same way and the front office would have let it play out. Padres probably would still want Manny back. Seidler would, I think, but probably at a little bit, Less money for sure. Um, one last thing. I wanted to hit on San Diego State real quick because obviously I don't have John and Jim like you guys do where I can hit on some other San Diego sports topics. But with San Diego State, are you concerned after their UCLA loss? I mean, it didn't look good. And I know yesterday on the radio you said 
uh, step back. He thought it was a step back for this Aztecs team. And I, I agree. I mean, Mountain West, they could still go win the Mountain West, obviously. But it's I think the standard should be high, you know, for this Aztecs team when you're talking about going into a power five potentially. And obviously now not. But like that was the talk. And it's just it feels like against those power five schools, it's clear that they're not on that same level. And this is coming off of a, a disappointing season last year under Brady Hope. And, and in college football, you know, like you always want to be getting like your gym fact, you always want to be getting better. And after that 12 and two season in 2021, you know, they've regressed mightily and, and not just a little, like a lot. Um, it is concerning how this team played against UCLA because this is now three straight games against power five teams where they've gotten blown out and they have not looked good and they have gotten overmatched and they're oversized and they, you know, just, it just completely could not even put together any semblance of fight against those teams. It was over as soon as it started versus Arizona last year at home versus Utah on the road. And then this year, uh, UCLA at home. And you're probably going to see the same thing this weekend in Corvallis against Oregon state. So that'll be four straight pack or well, not pack 12 anymore, but you know, get my point power five teams that they have gotten outplayed against. Now you're right. Yeah. Mountain West. That is the goal because obviously this team can't compete for a, a national championship because they're not in a power five. Um, and they would need to have an insane out of conference schedule and run through everybody in the mountain West and do it at a high clip to even be considered for a, a you know new year six and and that that one uh you know um group of five team that would be put into the, the college football playoff has that ever happened at san diego state no so it's hard to envision that happening but i just i'm just disappointed with the way that they've started the season as far as how they've looked now two and one you might go hey all that matters is two and one okay cool well watch the games and tell me how they've looked ohio was a massive struggle. They had, I think, two good drives on offense, which won them the game, to their credit, and their defense played really well against the backup quarterback. Um, the Idaho State game, I thought, was a mess. Um, I, I, it was inconsistency they... on offense. Like, one game, they're passing. Next game, it's Maiden running a bunch. You know, Like, I'm glad that they won that game, because if they lost it, it would have been a disaster. But, again, the offense not pretty and throwing for 83 yards, not good. And then a UCLA game, not good on offense as well. So there's two sides of this. You could look at it as one. It's a brand new offense with Ryan Lindley. You got to give him some time. And it's only three games into his, you know, tenure as the uh, offensive coordinator. And they've also lost two NFL caliber receivers for this, for this offense that they're, that, you know, they're trying to get going here. Um, so you could look at it that way. Or you could look at it as this is a pattern with San Diego State for the last however many years where this offense looks pedestrian all the time. Both are true. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely okay, especially at the beginning of the year right now, to have the thought of, yeah, they're they've got to find their way. They're losing, they've lost, you know, NFL players. You know, the wideouts, they've got to build that chemistry, connection, whatever. It's gonna take some time. But this is a big stretch here. You know, that this schedule, it's not like it's this some easy schedule here. Obviously, UCLA, Oregon State on the road. And Oregon State just blew out UC Davis. And then Air Force and Boise State. So, again, it's not going to be easy. We'll see what happens there. 
but yeah, Jim Russell, thanks so much for coming on the show. You can catch him, John and Jim, weekdays, San Diego Sports 760, and on the wrap-up show as well. Subscribe there on YouTube, and I'll leave that link in the description for their John and Jim YouTube channel. You can subscribe there as well. That's it. Talking Friars episode 466, brought to you by Gaglione Bros, Famous Cheesesteaks, and Garlic Fries. They're at Petco Park, Snapdragon Stadium, and their main location on Friars Road. Check them out. All right, that's it. Till next time, see everybody. Thank you.